It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHugler.com hotline. One of our favorite guests is Reverend Charles Harrison from the Barnes United Methodist Church and the Ten Point Coalition. Reverend, how are you? I am doing great, guys. How you doing? We're good. We're good. Um, I want a positive message from you here in just a little bit, because it seems like every time we have a conversation here on the radio, it's always negative. It's constant negativity about what's happening in the city. So here in a few minutes, I'm going to give you the floor to give us a positive Christmas message. But before we do that, I think we would be, uh, it'd be a derelict of our duties if we didn't talk about the crime happening in the city of Indianapolis. You and your group, you go out and walk the streets, are you seeing any reduction at all? Because the leaders in this city, they're all but doing a victory lap on how the numbers are down. Are you seeing the same things? Well, I think if you try to compare it to 2021, uh, then certainly you can say that there has been some reduction. But when you look at the overall volume of violence that we're seeing in Indianapolis, you, you would say, no, uh, this is the third year in a row that Indianapolis has experienced 200-plus uh, homicides, 200-plus uh, murders in the city. And you just think uh, back 10 years ago uh, in 2012, uh, the city ended the year with 96 uh, murders. So when you look at that compared to where we are now, uh, certainly the city is still in a public safety crisis, and we have a long way to go, uh, I think, before we can... Uh, you know, take a victory lap when it comes to the level of violence we're seeing in the city. I, I would say most people who live in the areas where we're experiencing, uh, you know, a high level of violence would say that there's not much difference between uh, last year, 2021, or yeah. 2022, when it comes to the number of shootings, stabbings, homicides, and murders. That number is jaw-dropping when you make a comparison back in 2012 to 2022. Wow, what a, what a difference. What what do you think happened back in 2012, and what exactly are some of the causes of the rise in homicides? Well, I think in, in 2012, certainly uh, we had a better judicial system uh, in place where those individuals who were uh, being arrested for violent crimes uh, were not being released right back, you know, on the streets. Um, so that when we were getting them off the streets and, and IMPD were making the arrests, uh, we didn't have to worry about them being uh, re-released back out into um, the neighborhood where they would either be the victim or the perpetrator of another violent crime. And, and I think the second thing that we did, which was very successful, is that we had a greater focus when it came to community resources being given on reducing shootings and stabbings. We knew that if we could reduce the number of shootings and stabbings, you know, on the streets of Indianapolis, then certainly we would reduce the number of murders and homicides. And, and I think we had a greater focus on getting boots on the ground in what was traditionally uh, high crime, high homicide areas in the city. Reverend, you bring up the judicial system, and I want to get into that here because it feels like a lot of the crimes, violent crimes, that we see right now are by habitual repeat offenders. I think everybody's 
on the same page here. Um, people deserve a second chance if it's a low-level crime. But what we're seeing right now is people on chance number 7, 8, 9, 15, 16, 17 out on the streets. And if you could just find a way to keep these people out, I think you'd see a drastic dip in the homicide and violent crime numbers. Oh, I certainly agree with that. I, I think when you look at the work that, you know, IMPD is doing on the street, I, I just think they're doing an awesome job out here. Uh, but when you see individuals that are repeat violent offenders, uh, either being put on house arrest um, and, you know, they don't abide by that. You, you see them out on the streets with their ankle bracelets on, still involved in, in the same uh, criminal activity that got them in trouble in the first place. Um, they still have guns, and, and they're still violent individuals. And, and we just had uh, someone killed in one of the neighborhoods recently, and the name of the individual that, that you were hearing on the streets was someone that had been released from prison, um, you know, less than 24 hours. And that name was mentioned again, you know, in, in a homicide. And that's the struggle we're seeing on the streets, I think, all across Indianapolis. And if we could fix that, I think you would see a dramatic decline in homicides and murders in the city. Yeah, that needs to be fixed. And certainly I, I hear, you know, Prosecutor Mears talking about getting down to the root cause of why these crimes are occurring. And certainly I think that's part of it. But can we work on root causes and at the same time keep the people that are violent criminals in jail and don't run them through the revolving door of the criminal justice system. I, I think both are important. Don't Can we do both at the same time? Well, I, I think we can. And I think there are a lot of community groups and anti-violence groups and, and, and churches and uh, community stakeholders that are working on the root causes. I, I think sure. they're very complex and multi-layered, but we are working on those root causes. And I think we're making some headway. Where we're not being successful at, I, I think, is uh, addressing the repeat violent offenders. And that's where we need the courts and the prosecutor's office um, to work with neighborhoods and community groups in helping to identify people that we feel like uh, may have to serve time in prison, uh, you know, in order to keep our streets safe, uh, because many of them have not changed because they see no repercussions or accountability for their actions, which causes them to escalate um, the level of violence that they are already perpetrating on the streets. Reverend Charles Harrison, our guest here on the Hammer and Nigel show. So, Reverend, as we get ready to go into 2023, IMPD, they got some money from the City County Council. They're doing gunshot detection. They've got a few more cameras. What else would you like to see happen in the next year to help lower some of these violent totals? Well, well, number one, certainly, if, if, if I could say the prosecutor, Mayor, uh, I think he has to take a look at uh, how his office and the courts are dealing uh, with repeat violent offenders. I think, number two, uh, I think we have to do a, a better job of assessing, um, you know, across Indianapolis in areas that we are still experiencing a high level of, of shooting, homicides and murders, what we may have missing in those areas compared to areas of the city uh, where we are seeing, um, you know, a dramatic decline in shooting, stabbing, 
uh, and murders in the city. I, I do think um, there is areas of the city where we are seeing success and we're keeping low numbers of shooting, stabbings, and, and, and homicides. And I think we have to replicate that across the city. So I would hope that uh, the city and the philanthropic community will look at what's working, uh, you know, very successfully uh, and try to implement that uh, citywide. And recruiting is also a problem for the IMPD. I would love to see more recruits and more boots on the ground as well. You are the president of the Indy 10 Point Coalition, and you have been having some success in in, spot, in certain hot spots in recent uh, time here, right? Well, we have. I, I think it, it goes back to the efforts that we started in 2016, and we have continued those partnerships with IMPD. Uh, and other law enforcement agencies, and, and certainly other community groups and community stakeholders. Uh, and we're seeing success uh, in uh, five of our uh, seven hotspot areas that we patrol. Uh, we have yet to see a murder. Uh, in two of the, the hotspot awesome. areas, we have seen one each. So certainly what we're doing on the ground with our partners, I think, is successful. And, and I think... Uh, what we're doing in uh, our seven hotspot areas, I, I think, could be uh, something that we ought to look at replicating across the city. Reverend, when you and your group go out and walk these streets, how often do you hear gunshots? How often do you see drug deals and fights taking place and things like that? We do. We do occasionally, not as much as we used to, but certainly we do hear gunshots. Um, we do uh, see fights, you know, occasionally. Uh, we see drug trafficking often. Uh, I think that's one thing that we do see. And those are the individuals that we're trying to engage um, and get them to redirect their life uh, in, in a different way. And, and I think it's challenging for people who may have uh, no skills or, or have not finished school uh, because a lot of them don't see themselves uh, being able to do anything else because they like the skill. So that sometimes can be challenging, uh, particularly when drug trafficking is the way that they uh, uh, make money and, and put food on their table. So I, I think that is a problem that, that we continually battle with, uh, you know, to try to restore hope for this hopelessness and, and say to individuals that there are a lot of things that you can do in life that are positive and there are a lot of groups out here that can help you, uh, you know, leave a life of crime and violence and, and uh, be positive and productive citizens. Reverend Charles Harrison, the Indy 10 Point Coalition here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. If you could stick with us through the break, we want to come back and have you leave us with a, a message of hope going into the Christmas holiday. More with the Reverend here in just a few minutes here on 93 WIBC. 31 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC. Okay, we're back with the second segment. Very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Reverend Charles Harrison. So, Reverend, if this is the last time we speak uh, before the holidays, something we like to do with you every single year is we'd like for you to kind of give us an uplifting message, something we can take into this week of Christmas. You know, guys, y'all really put me on the spot but <laughs> in, in, in doing that. But, but, but I hope that uh, something happened last night um, where my daughter worked at. Uh, someone came through the drive-thru 
and uh, they wanted to know how many people were working, uh, you know, in the the store at the time. And and uh, my you know my daughter told them, and um, they came around and, and gave two hundred dollars um, to each of the teenagers who wow. were employees at that um, at that particular business. And what it really reminded me of is that so often we hear you know, about all the bad stuff that's happening in our, our city, in our state, and, and across our nation and the world. But what we don't hear a lot about are all of the good and kind people in the world that are doing extraordinary things in our world. And I would hope that as we celebrate Christmas and, and remember uh, the birth of Christ, that we will remember that there are a lot of people in our world that are doing good. So we should never lose hope uh, as a nation, as a city, um, that uh, evil somehow has overcome good, um, because that's not true. There are a lot of wonderful people that are doing great things, and my prayer is that all of us can join those ranks and be people who are kind and compassionate and good toward our neighbor and our fellow human beings. Tell us about your uh, your church and your Christmas service coming up. Well, we had a big service yesterday uh, where we served uh, over 250 children, and we provided Christmas gifts for them uh, and their families. That is a big event that we have every year. Uh, and we look forward uh, on Sunday and Christmas Eve uh, to having a large crowd of people uh, as we celebrate the birth of Christ. So we look forward to that Saturday night at 630 uh, at Barnes United Methodist Church. And then Sunday morning, we will only do one service at 10 o'clock from about 10 uh, to about 1045 as, as we remember the reason for the season as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Well, Reverend, we appreciate you being a friend to this program and Absolutely. coming on with us throughout the year. And uh, we can't wait to have conversations with you in 2023. Thank you for not only coming on our show, but doing what you do in the community, Absolutely. not being afraid yes. to have those tough conversations and walk through those difficult neighborhoods. We appreciate everything you do and have a Merry Christmas. Thank you, guys. And y'all have a Merry Christmas, too. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.